And hello, welcome to Energized, a new episode for you with Jim Chet. I'm Jason Mann and our special guest, Gord Lovegrove. And Gord is a uh, engineering professor at UBCO, correct? And uh, did I miss anything else? Sir? Absolutely. No, that's perfect. Totally Researcher, professor. Be, awesome. Uh, good, good. All good. <laughs> and uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about EVs in particular, uh, the dynamic conversation that's taking place between EVs and hybrids. Yeah, which EV is better. versus hybrid. That's what we're going to do. We're going to, uh, Gord drives a hybrid, a Prius, right? That is 2014. 2014. Solar You've had panels that long? on the roof. Solar panels on the roof. Did you order a new one? Was that you saying you ordered No, I no? bought it two years old. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Jason drives a Kona. Hyundai Kona. Hyundai Kona. Uh, electric. Battery electric. And I drive a Tesla Model 3. So with that said, um, there's a lot of people, I mean, out there. Hybrids have been around for a while now. Hybrids have, uh, yep. and they've done, the Prius is one of the, you know, like the, one of the gold standard. Yeah, I think it's the benchmark vehicle, I think, for for uh, hybrids, for sure. And Toyota makes a great vehicle altogether, right? And Toyota, I think it's the largest auto manufacturer in the world as well. So they got a lot going for them. Uh, quality vehicles as well. You know, a used Toyota Tacoma is almost sells for what a new one sells for, right? Yeah, they, yeah. They, they hold their value. So Toyota's got a lot of, like, real big pluses. So what is, when you come to make that decision versus, and you've, how long have you been driving your hybrid now? I've owned two, so two. Uh, I've driven a hybrid actually since they were introduced to Canada in 2001 hmm. when I was at UBC Vancouver, and we uh, were allowed to have one for a year to drive it around 2001. Yeah. And then 2005 was the first one in Kelowna. <clears throat> so then I traded, uh, sold that and uh, bought a used one in 2016. So I've been driving, You've been driving for quite a while. So you're, Over 20 you're, years. You're, you're a guy that knows I everything have, that needs to know about a Prius anyway, Well, I right? don't know. Everything, but I'm going to say that I'm a satisfied customer. Yeah. So, what do you think? Like, you've been driving for that long. Yeah. Um, any issues that you, you think should be better in the in the plug-in hybrid? Uh, it's not a plug-in hybrid. It's it's actually uh, it's funny because I I have a plug-in hybrid on order. Okay. And I've told them don't deliver it to me for a year because we're actually really happy with what we have. And uh, but I have friends that have since I've bought a hybrid that's not a plug-in, bought a plug-in Prius. And the, the big deal early on for me was uh, the low battery range, which is now long ago been overcome. So mm-hmm. now you're getting probably 60, 80 kilometers easy on a charge with a plug-in hybrid. Uh, that's, right, that's, that's the new one. Yeah, I looked at that this morning. Yeah, exactly. So they, they get about 45 miles or about 70K, right? right? right. Like, um, so the battery-only mode range early on was was the Achilles heel mm-hmm. for, for a hybrid. But, I mean, that's why they're hybrid, right? right? Um, apart from that, I mean, weight's never been an issue. The batteries don't wear out. Uh, I had over 70 miles per gallon or whatever that is, 4.1 per 100. Uh, what so is how it? does your charge it? Is all regen and so Oh, it's totally regenerative braking. Uh, in fact, I love my battery brakes. Uh, that is a plus. I don't know what uh, I think Tesla. You take your they foot do off the gas breaking, pedal and yeah. just one, one pedal driving basically. Exactly, right? so, so, golf cart driving. Yeah. yeah so it, and and it, it, like from pretty well day one. I mean, they they were twenty years in Japan before they even brought yeah. them yeah. to Canada. In the tech's been around for a while. Exactly. It's so they're proven. proven tech, they're popular. Sure. Consumer reports. All that. Yeah. So that is like one of the pluses of Kelowna cabs is another big user of it. Like it, oh yeah, and even in the in the city, the bigger cities, right. the right. hybrids right. tend to be yep. Really good because of all that regen braking, right? When you're you're regen and stuff like that, and and the vehicle's not idling as well, right? Like it shuts off when it's at when you're driving around the city. That there's no idling really. The vehicle's 
Um, there were some. So uh, the hybrid technology in a Prius is Generation 2. Uh, their Generation 1 was used early on by Honda, mm. and their vehicles uh, only went on EV mode while they were stopped. You had to stop, mm. and then the, the, you know, the vehicle, the engine, the, the right. ICE, internal combustion engine, would turn off. Um, with a Prius, it'll actually run on EV-only mode at lower speeds, or if you're not accelerating, yeah. or if you're on cruise control yeah. even at high speed. Uh, that's generation two, and, and it, so it, it, it stops, yes, stop-and-go traffic. Actually, in city, it gets better mileage than yeah, on the highway. Because of all the regen stuff going on, right? Exactly, with yeah. the regenerative vehicle. So that is that is one of the mm. cool features of that. And I did look at a hybrid quite a few years back. I was looking at a Honda hybrid. I was trying to figure out when it made sense, and I did, as an accountant, I did all the charts and stuff like that. And I, I think back then it made sense because there's a premium on the vehicle. Mm-hmm. It made sense around $1.25 a liter back then, like way, like... 15 mm. years ago. Now it makes dollars. Now it makes dollars. Not just cents. It makes dollars. And um, it saves on the brakes, too, because, you know, with the regenerative absolutely. braking, yes. uh, if you live on Dilworth or Kettle Valley, you're going to spend twelve, you know, three, four times as yeah. much on brakes. So th- those are all the pluses for the for the EV, for sure. I mean, the hybrid. The negatives are um, you still have a gas engine. You're still, you're still emitting carbon. Um, mm-hmm. But you have two systems now. You have a battery system plus a, a uh, an ICE system, right? So you have two things to maintain, right? So maintenance costs don't really go down. I think they're lesser because the motor's actually fairly small. And some of the other complaints I've heard from some people is it tends to be underpowered. Like, you know, when you're trying to go up a big hill or something like that, because the motor, they say sometimes is undersized because they have to have room for the battery. I'm not towing a trailer with that. No. Thing. Yeah. So no, but I do call my truck. I mean, I, I have brought a ton of tiles from Ikea in Coquitlam up to Coquilla in my Prius. My, yeah. my Prius truck is what I call it. <laughs> Literally Plus, a big, big space in the back for sure. Oh, right? yeah. But but you're right. My first Prius, the 2005, yeah. uh, it had problem coming through the Great Bear Tunnel maintaining yeah. 110, right? Yeah. Uh, battery ran out about uh, 90% of the way up the hill yeah. uh, with the current one i have 2014 that's not even an issue maintaining right. speed uh, cruise control right yeah. up and over yeah. so autopilot on there too do you have yep. yeah adaptive, so cruise adaptive cruise control but it's not fully autonomous it's yeah. not a tesla by any stretch it keeps you in between the lines basically uh it actually the 2016 does did start having lane departure uh 2014 doesn't but what it does and we we're talking about this earlier is on a curve it's got that radar right that they all have and have had for decades about oh there's a curb don't drive off the road so yeah so they do have the lower emissions um and they tend to be the other thing is they they are a bit cheaper i did do a little cost comparison on the um like to buy a base model three uh tesla yep um a base model three in british columbia is 53,990 right now on the website plus Mm. the 1880 the pdi and stuff like that Canadian, yeah. Oh. Plus the PDI, um, so you're looking at about fifty five thousand, right? And then, then less five k from the government, and then less another four k from the province if you qualify on your income, right? So the Prius, I looked at a like a new brand new Prius, and forty one k, less five k. They they do have the five thousand uh, dollar grant as well. They qualify for that because it's a Z EV vehicles, right? So. Um, and then they qualify for two thousand dollars from the provincial government on hmm. that. So you're looking at about thirty-four k. I'm not sure if it included PDI. It's really hard to get good information there. So 
the Tesla works out to about 46 and then the Toyota in the 34, 35 range. So about $10,000 difference on, on the Is that cars. plug-in Prius? That's the plug-in Prius. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I have an authority from a friend of mine who owns the plug-in Prius that he's getting fantastic range. Yeah. He said 2,500 kilometers on a tank of gas. Wow. Yeah. Just That's because he's yeah. regenerative, right? Yeah. And it's plug-in each yeah. night. So he's, he's really given the 60 to 80 kilometer range not getting into his engine because he's just yeah. using his driver around town for his yeah. business. Yeah, so that's that's the, the range on on the on the battery really hard to find because they're really just plugging that the liters per 100k as opposed. So I think being more upfront would help people make that decision easier because on the Tesla right away you see the the range of the vehicle. Um, but uh, so that but if you're just driving that vehicle around town, 73k that's more than enough for your Absolutely. daily commute. Absolutely. Right? And then, and I think you could probably top that thing up every day with your 110 volt too, probably. Exactly. Yeah, Although so, uh, recently Toyota announced it was adopting the Tesla plug. Yeah. Uh, so I think almost that's exciting news. Almost yeah. all manufacturers are now going to that. I hope so, so one of the cool things, and I'll just I'm going to segue to that because one of the cool things that just came out too from from Tesla, as they've gone to like I think it's a supercharger four technology. Okay. Where they're charging tape like 10 to 80% in five minutes. Like, yes. So what they're saying is, because, you know, like a lot of, there's a lot of misinformation out there too, that there's not enough nickel, there's not enough, um, all these uh, battery uh, minerals. They're saying instead of like loading cars up with bigger batteries and more minerals, just increase the charging network, right? Mm -hmm. Just like, mm -hmm. let's, let's work on the charging network so we're not, you know, putting massive batteries in vehicles like the Hummer. Have you seen the Hummer? Like, <laughs> It's, it's, it's coming like, in electricity now. <laughs> it's like a it's tank. a bit of a glutton, no matter which way you look at it. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like a tank, but uh, the Cybertruck did destroy it in a couple of races. <laughs> so, but it's massive. But it kind of makes sense if we can charge faster, just like a gas station. If you're charging up to eighty percent in five minutes, then it's no different than a fill-up. Right. And then we can do a lot less um, putting uh, minerals into a car. Right. So one of the big pluses for sure on on the full electric vehicles is maintenance for sure because there's oh, no gasoline there's, there's no oil changes absolutely there's uh basically you're talking windshield wipers tires and uh washer fluid right well like, it goes from pretty well 400 parts yeah. in an internal combustion engine down to 80. Yeah, it, it is yeah. it is just something of that magnitude and i don't have the exact numbers but that's oh. that's the reduction and wow. less simpler cheaper and then one of the big things that lots of people say, oh, electric motors, they're new, they're not going to last. I'm just like, well, I don't think you're really looking at, what you, as an engineer, <laughs> most industrial uses, electric motors, mines, mills. And all Been that around that. forever, by the way. <laughs> so hello. <laughs> not new. Yeah, so like electric motors are typically powering some of the biggest machinery in, in like in second exactly. sawmills and in mines and stuff like that, running big ball mills. They use electric motors, not gas motors, because they're way right. more efficient, right? There's no heat energy loss and all that kind of stuff, right? Because mm -hmm. when you're running an ice motor, obviously you have a cooling system to, to remove some of the heat out of the engine, mm -hmm. right? Otherwise, mm -hmm. it would heat up mm -hmm. and destroy itself. They call that, I think, Occam's razor, no? Oh, boy. You can go any philosophical term you want. <laughs> you, you, you just go. You so go. It's a simpler, more How elegant do you spell solution. That again? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Simpler is the better way to go. I, I'm not even going to debate that one. You're, you're absolutely right. If we could go all electric, and Jim's got a good point with a, with a whatever you want to call the infrastructure network. I mean, we're also we're not going to talk hydrogen today. Maybe we will at, at some point, but but to charge them 
whether it's a five or 15 minute recharge on a range of between four and 700 kilometers. I can't remember yeah. what you said last yeah. time it was yeah. 800, uh, Well, the uh, um, Model 3 is, is 438 yeah, kilometers, okay. and then the Model S is in the 650. Right, right. right. So, so that's what you need, and the same thing is being discussed you know, are we going to take gas stations and make them hydrogen gas stations? What are we doing with them? Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to have ICs for, as far as I'm concerned, forever for at least the next 50 to 100 oh, years. People are going to keep delaying. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. And then there'll be the antiques. You need mm-hmm. for yeah. right. right. Classics. So, oh, classic. <laughs> My son actually said that. He drives a Tesla now. And he said, well, I'm thinking about getting a second car at some point. And I'm like, what kind of car are you thinking of getting? He said, well... An older classic that I can work on an ice car, just you know, kind of. You know. <laughs> I was surprised. <laughs> well, our our son drives a Kia, and it's ICE straight. And while we were gone, he was like, "Do you mind if I borrow your car for a couple of days?" He's now wanting us to sell it to him when we mm. next generation. So it's it. People fall in love with these things. You actually have to try them out, though. It's like. There's that mental barrier, I think, is now the biggest barrier because it's no longer cost. I think it's misinformation, too. Like, I, I had a phone call from somebody. We won't mention any names, but, you know, saying that, oh, EVs are dead. I, like, they're saying there's just fields of them rotting in fields in Europe, and it, it's over. I've been to Europe. I haven't seen that field. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the address. I'll go check it out. There is an image out there of... of I think it was like one of the first gen vehicles, a little tiny thing, almost like a mini kind of, and they made ah. it, and there was, there's an image of like, say like 700 of them rotting in a field or whatever. And so they use that and they kind of like, no different than, I'm going to say COVID, where they started using some fake images and stuff like that. And and then those images are used to kind of like drive a point, right? Which yeah, well, is, you know, like false information. The number one selling vehicle right now in Europe, not gas, not ice or whatever, but any vehicle is the Model Y. And it's the Tesla model. And I can attest to that. And that's and that's the place of BMW, the home of Mercedes, and Volvo, and Volkswagen, right? So it just came in there and just like and put up its hand and said, "I'll take that spot." Right? They are, <laughs> and and it's not like I own one, so I see them because I own yeah. one. It's everywhere I was yeah. this this last summer: Germany, the Netherlands. They are dominant. Yeah, no, and that's the same thing in Vancouver. If you go down there and you see just white Teslas like all over the place, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Because that was the free color. I think there's a different free color now. I think he's trying to mix it up a bit. <laughs> so I think the free color. Oh, Model really? Y it's is not titanium black. now. It's white. My daughter just ordered oh, one, so it's titanium right. now. Oh, for very them. cool. Um, very cool. Yeah, so they're doing different things. So the cons on the EVs right now, other than the misinformation for sure, is range anxiety. A lot of people have that range anxiety. And I think that... I have range problems. Yeah, so I think that really reflects into the non-Tesla ones, right? Because the Tesla yeah. supercharging network is bar none that this standard now. And I think, like yep. you just said, Toyota's adopting it, GM's yes. adopting it, Ford's adopting it, and Hyundai, and I think, and then the list goes on and on and on. There's yes. very few left that have not said, let's do the Tesla supercharger system. Yeah. Right? So, and I can get an adapter for the Hyundai. Exactly. So, and, and I just want to go back to the comment about the, the small manufacturer, the EV manufacturer that went out a bit. I mean, that's classic consolid, Markins consolidation, yeah, right? There's sure. a technology rallies around yeah. a dominant, better design. It's just, yeah. it's, it's a natural... And you're an engineer, and, and one of the things that Elon has done that's kind of like unheard of as well, he said, my patents are open, Yep. and uh, you can use my technology. <laughs> the Cybertruck, and you'll understand this better than even Jason and I will, the Cybertruck is 48-volt technology, mm-hmm. which is, means less less copper, less everything, right? Cause, and <laughs> smart ass he is, he puts out a book and says, how to develop a vehicle with 48-volt technology? <laughs> and he said, it's here, it's yours, free to use, right? <laughs> It's, it's funny because we're actually using that for our locomotive retrofit. Okay. That, that's that's heavy duty. 
vehicle. Yeah. Uh, so voltage. That's so, good. So that <laughs> Cybertruck is 48 volt and it does steer by wire. There's a whole bunch of things in that Cybertruck that are just amazing. We'll get, we'll talk about that maybe a little bit later, but there is a higher initial cost on EVs as well. Like, you know, they, like we Innovation. About, there's about $10,000 difference, but you'll make up for it in fuel and you'll make up for it in just um, maintenance. Well, as brakes well, and right? all that too, right? All that. Well, does have a brake problem in the Prius either, though, right? They, it's got regen braking. So yeah, yeah. No, I'm thinking just in terms of uh, ICE vehicles. Yeah, so there's a lot more that's involved. Like, you do have a lot more maintenance costs. You have oil changes. You have uh, coolant flushes. You have all you know, transmission. You have an actually week. have yeah. a transmission, too, right? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the EV does not have a transmission and that kind of stuff. So, um, And then there's a lot of people that think that, you know, like the batteries are going to, you know, degrade. Battery prices have come down substantially. If we pull up, I don't have the chart on us, but I've shown it before. Battery prices have come. It's almost like a ski slope, right? The same thing goes for solar. We are, well, and that is coming down because they realize there are other sources of the minerals, but also uh, researchers at UBC and elsewhere around the world are coming up with composite batteries that are different materials. Mm -hmm. So you don't need those precious metals that are so precious they're going to be gone in 50 years unless... A really good recycling program comes along, which, by yeah. the way, exists in in eastern U.S. So, even it's all coming together. I yeah. mean, you know, it's a necessity uh, until things scale up. You know, things are going to be more expensive, but the batteries are now scaling up, and they're going to get exactly yeah. and, and so, Moore's law and all that stuff. So, you know? the uh, Teslas also have batteries that you can take their component, like there's their cells, right? So it's not the whole batch, it's not a throwaway. Like it's not like one big thing throwaway. Right. Right. Um, so they are developing that technology as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've watched uh, Master Plan Three from Tesla. Not it yet. talks about you. Sh- uh, it's a good one to watch because it talks about the minerals and stuff like that, and it says. Actually, if, if the world was fully electric, we'd use less minerals than mm-hmm. overall because right? what you're talking about too, yep. right? So yep. uh, he is trying to make sure that we're using less of the rare earth minerals in there. And then uh, they're, st- they're building their own lithium plant too, right? And lithium is one of the most common minerals on the planet, right? So, hmm. um, so th- lots of good stuff. And I, I recommend everybody watch Master Plan 3 because it's not about Tesla per se. It's about the future of uh, electrification of the world. Yeah. Right? So. And and just to go back to the lithium point, unfortunately, some of those deposits, as plentiful as they are, are in areas that uh, we need to acknowledge there's a First Nation land claim right. and deal with it in an environmentally sensitive and respectful way yeah. as equal partners, not as colonial. Yeah. So it's, it's, it is, it's complex. I mean, yeah. we're, we're at the cusp of, of progress here in terms of transition to EV. And, and that's obviously where we're going. Even this week at COP, uh, oil barons around the world are saying that. that that's an exciting I, time, too. We well, have to go there. I, I, I think this recently as well, too, British Petroleum, BP, I think they're called yep. now, uh, made a $100 million investment in Tesla superchargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, EV out of, the, out of Europe did an undisclosed big investment, so they're going to retrofit a lot of their gas stations that you were just talking about when adding the supercharger awesome. systems in. Um, so I think... They're also recognized they can take some of the money they have and, and, and get into that next technology. I think a lot of people that are, I guess, EV deniers don't see the, the train coming down the tracks. The light's really can bright. Can I introduce a contrarian thought here? I mean, sure. today, if we were to have everybody on electric vehicles and everything else, we don't really have an infrastructure that would handle it, though, would we? But but that's, that's again, a kind of a silly point because nothing changes overnight, right? Do you know what I mean? Like, when you it's say that argument... Fair comment, and I want to draw you two together by saying, actually... They, they don't see it. In fact, 
they're hearing it, but they're not trusting it. Mm-hmm. And so who's that authentic voice? Mm-hmm. And so there's been a lot of controversy at COP over why is a oil shake leading and chairing this meeting? Well, who else to trust if you're if you're mm-hmm. an IC enthusiast or an oil producer? Uh, you know, you don't you don't trust anybody that's a tree hugger. You'll you'll listen though to one of your colleagues. And so I actually think deniers are coming to the table because of who's hosting, but we do need to go there and, and them acknowledging it, it's gonna happen eventually. I, I do think that both um, hybrids and EVs uh, work towards a better tomorrow for sure because both have a less of a you know a carbon thing and again the common sense way to look at it is if you ran the ice car in your garage with the door closed you'd probably you die. last 20 minutes or so mm-hmm. right and then you're going to suffocate and there is toxins other than just i was going to say yeah oxygen. if you're there's not in it for the carbon discussion yeah, there's, which other, some there's not, other toxins, the toxins in, or... the, in, in the emission as opposed to just you know carbon yeah um whereas you could run that ev like you could drive them around inside of buildings all day and, and they won't do anything to you, right? So um, that that in itself, when you talk cities of Los Angeles and Paris where there's, mm-hmm. you know. Banning diesel. Yeah, you know, like that kind of stuff, right? And uh, I was a big diesel guy, right? But I, I do think there's a place for diesel still too and, and the big stuff, trucks, trains and tractors. Heavy duty. We still, we still but they're converting. Hey, listen, I got news. You may not have heard this. Yesterday, Vancouver launched the first. We did. We announced it yesterday. Oh, <laughs> man. That's <laughs> where I heard it from. Thanks, guys. Yeah, they Anonymous sources. Uh, Austria, right? The trucks built in yeah. Austria. Yes. Fire yes. Looks yes. kind of cool, right? Yes. You know, we look around, we learn once in a while. There you go. And that's, and that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to uh, find that information out there. And, uh, and I, I think sometimes we separate the politics from it, whether that's, you know, like this big fight on climate change, and then it becomes really political and polarizing. Mm-hmm. And just look at the technology for what it is. I think we'd, we'd probably be all better off, right? As opposed to um, making it a liberal or democratic or Republican or or, you know, like a talking Freedom! Point, right? <laughs> no, people have choices. Yeah. And once it becomes as convenient and cheaper, cheaper and they'll cheaper make a choice. Yeah. But while they have invested right now in something that's still good, yeah. new, s- serving their purposes, they're not going to make the, they're not going to change, yeah. but they will consider it as, as those trusted voices come into their life because you, they'll see it, but you can also put up that barrier. You know, we we're at have, that we tipping that. point now, aren't we? Though? I think so. I think, and, and in fact, norms, if you, believe in social marketing and whatever else uh, our researchers talk about, there is that critical mass at about 25% buy-in. And as 25% of the population, whatever we're talking about, buys in, you start seeing that tipping point. I think that's exactly We've seen that adoption curves, right? And um, their hockey stick moments, really, when you see Mm -hmm. the iPhone, you know know what I mean? Like the iPhone, basically, some people still have a flip phone. You know, they still hung on to the flip phone because they're just like, this flip phone does everything I need. But, you know, it's like asymptotic, a, you know, it's a hockey <laughs> stick, but it, you know, it doesn't quite get to hundred <laughs> percent. That's for sure. And, uh, but we've seen that with tons of technologies, right. That when you, when you see change, the internet is another one of those, right. Yep. There's still people out there that won't use the internet. Right. Right. And, uh, and we'll see that same thing for, for EVs and stuff like that. I know that some, uh, cities like large cities in, in the world are, are talking about banning, um, gas-powered vehicles in their cities mm-hmm. at, at some point they have some timelines i think the uk backed off of some of those timelines i think paris has something and, and 
and different things like that. So um, I would think living in Vancouver, owning a vehicle would be almost like the worst idea. Like in terms, I mean, of if you have good transit, I mean, like in Paris, like I can remember going on holidays in Paris, and I rented a car in Frankfurt, drove it to Paris, and checked into the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I said, where do I park my car? And he says, you bring a car to Paris? You crazy? <laughs> <laughs> There's just not a lot of places to drive or park when you're there. It right? was more to park the car than it was for my hotel room. Yeah. By the hour. Paris has the largest car share network. Mm. Yeah. One of so them, that's I, another good thing to do. So, so that's the other way is, is you don't all have, when it's parked 95% of the time, mm-hmm. why not share it? Mm-hmm. So car sharing is you're an option. You're playing right in Tesla's plan there. Pardon me? Tesla's plan is, uh, yeah. is you, the car drives you to work. And then, and then the car goes to work. Perfect. And there it goes to go. work and it becomes a cab. Absolutely. And it picks you up at the end of the day. Exactly. And it drops you off at home and then goes back to work. Love it. Love <laughs> right? it. Love it. And car then, baron. And, yeah. then, and then it becomes, um, I think, again, if you watch Master Plan 3, his goal is to make everybody their own energy provider. So there's excess yep. energy everywhere, right? So like with, we can talk about solar a little bit too, right? So uh, before we get to solar, though, there's benefits to, to hybrids. There's benefits to EVs. Um, I think the goal that we all see is that it's going to be an EV world at some point. Z, zero. Zero emissions. Even yeah. hybrids will eventually be gone as yeah. a technology. I, I, I absolutely fully agree with that. Uh, but I think everything is kind of like, you know, like stepping in the right direction. And I think yep. like the, the Priuses definitely are proven technology. And you're proof right here that you've been driving it for a long time. And, and you like it. And, then, and I know that Jason's here driving a... Um, Hyundai, and I think his biggest frustration is the charging network. He doesn't have access to it. Where yeah. as soon as the supercharging network is opened up for Tesla, I think that'll take mm-hmm. that problem away. Thing. I've been driving a Tesla almost a year now, and I, I mean, I I can't see driving anything else. Mm-hmm. Like it, one of the things on the Tesla, we we'll just t- touch a little bit. Unbelievable acceleration, unbelievable handling. Just just in so many ways, and the technology in the cars is just crazy good. Like the software, I think Tesla's strength is it's it's software right like i think and mm-hmm. then he's opened that up and i believe there'll be a deal with other mon- auto manufacturers very soon where they're probably going to put i think ford might make the first deal that's my my guess is because him and farley seem to get along i think that you're going to have a ford looking bronco and it's going to have tesla tech underneath it right like mm-hmm. it's going to have tesla tech in it and i think the goal of tesla has become a software slash a hardware provider as opposed to a car manufacturer Wow, I think that's yeah. their, their that's thing. Because service that's and flow, circular economy. I, I think, like and it. I think his um, thing is that he, he he's real. Like I mean, he's got a, a vision to electrify the world to save humanity. Uh, I think that drives him more than profits. I think a lot of people see negativity with. He's an eccentric kind of guy <laughs> for sure, right? Really, <laughs> 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 he's got a, a pretty wacky sense of humor. He thinks he's really funny. Um, but hey, he's probably done more for humanity than most people have with with uh, SpaceX, Neuralink, Boring Company, Tesla. I mean, you can go on and on and on, right? And he's also working on boxable small homes too, right? Like he's invested in that and solar, so it's Solar City, and all kinds of different things, right? And and what's that other one? Oh, right, Starlink. <laughs> <laughs> so a few things. Pretty busy guy, right? Maybe a little, maybe a little well, up there. He he can mm. follow his passions. Yeah, that's right. And, so, and he uh, has successfully done that, and and he he's got some strong opinions too. That sometimes uh, recently yeah, even got him into some into, pretty hot water. He steps into some stuff every now and then. Oh right? yeah, and, and, uh, and welcome to the human race. Uh, I, I think maybe sometimes it's planned, right? Do you know what I mean? Because it just he doesn't do any advertising, but he gets tons of advertising, right? When they hate on him, 
<laughs> it's it's got Tesla in the news, right? So that's Cybertruck. Um, before we go to like there, there we go. Ooh, there's the Cybertruck. And again, you you're old enough like me. You remember PBS, the old sci-fi movies? Like a, it looks kind of like a really bad like uh, PBS sci-fi movie, low budget. <laughs> Twilight Zone. Twilight. Actually, that looks like my first Prius. Almost. Yeah. There he goes. Yeah, it's very um, humpback and a little rough around the edges. But hey, forty-eight volt technology though, steer by wire. Um, the old cop movies demonstration where the people hide behind the doors when there's a shootout. Actual bullets won't go through the door. They use a Tommy gun. They shot it into the side of the thing and won't even penetrate. The, Did um, they solve the sledgehammer problem with the window? I think they kind of like. Um, Glossed it over because they threw a steel ball in the first demo, oh. and then this one they threw a baseball. Okay. And I'm just like, okay, that, I mean, <laughs> I Listen, mean, my Prius wouldn't stand up to it. Okay, no judgment. <laughs> but they did run a car like the sled NHTSA testing. They did run a, a car into the side of it, and it barely bent to the side. Right, wow. and they take a sledgehammer to the door. You can't even scratch it. That that actually, I'll tell you something. Humans make mistakes. Human drivers make mistakes. So mm. I think they call it International Safety Transport Rating, yeah. I-Star. And if they can get up to I-Star 5, this is yeah. going to be amazing. Because that's Volvo's. Yeah. Volvo's I-Star rating is 5. And their their but vision the mission same. is uh, no one will die as a result of our vehicle. But Tesla is already the safest car in the world. The Model there 3, you go. Right? So it's already the safest car in the world, fastest production car in the world, and a whole bunch of other accolades that, that the cars have. Okay. Um but the crumple zone, again, in the Teslas is because there's no motor in the front. That aluminum good energy casting that they use there is they got a great crumple zone, absorbs impact. That's but really important. The, the Cybertruck is on another level, right? And Elon says it's the best vehicle ever. And then a lot of people that have test driven it from like Car Wow and different like that, they're just like blown away by hmm. the, wonder the what tech the in that second generation is going to look like. It's angular, yeah. and yeah. angular doesn't last long. In this yeah, world. it's got some. It, mm. the, the guys that had the test vehicles actually cut themselves because they had some really sharp. Edges. Seriously, <laughs> get out of here! <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but those were the uh, the prototype vehicles they were testing, oh, right? Okay. So they okay. so they probably smoothed it out. So again, the engineering they say it's not exactly flat. It has curvature and everything. And there's some name you might know the engineering names for it, but there Correct. is. Yeah, there is some curvature in everything. It looks like a flat panel, but everything has a bit of a curvature to it, right? So mm-hmm. the drag coefficient on the vehicle is very, very low. Um, and that's why they put the tonneau cover on the back, which you can jump on. and that Because otherwise you get all that swirl in the back. Is that right? also solar panel? Is that where the- There is a um, add-on. Like they've, they've got a whole Cybertruck accessory thing going on. And that one of those is a, is a camper kind of like solar panel nice. thing, right? So it's it's... It's pretty impressive. And solar, let, let, let's just segue to solar there too, right? Uh, it sounds like they're going to get rid of the grant here in um, the March year. in 2024, hmm. which I think if, if you're interested in solar, I think it, it I think as long as you sign up to the program. Are you talking about solar for your home or yeah, solar, solar for your car? Home, oh, okay, for your okay, home. Okay, yeah, yeah. We can segue to that. Um, it would be good if you're interested in solar to make that application now before they take away that you know that free money that's available for solar well i uh i have solar yeah uh first net zero carriage house in the in the entire valley and i put my solar on before the grant and i won't be doing another solar project until probably after the grant is gone (laughs) so it's like i did it because it makes dollars and cents for me for sure it does it does you don't necessarily need the grant but i'm just saying like if you're looking for that incentive 
and and it helps you then i think you know like you got a few months left here i mean hopefully they come up with another plan to kind of encourage people because i mean the okanagan is a great place for solar right so it's interesting number of hours of daylight in the okanagan is the same as vancouver yeah. but they they somehow get way more rain than us mm-hmm. i think our hours of sunlight are going to go up uh that that might be a side benefit of of the climate yeah. change we're in but uh it is it is an issue in northern climes sun angle and all that because yeah. the uh, uh, actual watch you get from a lower sun angle aren't as great but working 100 percent for me i haven't yeah. paid for electricity yeah. for two years i yeah, know yeah. it's um it's, it's great, and you can add on to systems. I think Jason did a story on a, uh, an elderly gentleman out in Lake Country there, and he's added on to a system for three years, and we awesome. had a gra- graph that showed he had he was pushing way more <laughs> into the grid than he was taking out. And that wow. one, of the, one of the benefits in British Columbia, again, is that they have to take your excess energy. Yes. So you can... They bank it for you. Yeah. You're not selling it to them. Yeah. No, you bank it, and then uh, you can draw from it in the winter time and stuff like that when you get less. The other observation I had about that and the sort of uh, growth of solar is that particular person who I interviewed is surrounded by, they're in Lake Country, and Mm -hmm, so it's mm -hmm. not highly densely populated, but all the homes that are around his home have solar on it as well. And so when I asked him, I said, who had solar first? And it was him. And it was every neighbor came over progressively to see what What's was going that? on. Kicking yeah. the tires. Yeah, I get it. And same, same with Jim. Yeah, same thing around our house there too. Yeah, there you go. So it's an yeah. interesting model for uh, how this may grow, in fact. And the same thing happened with the Prius and the Teslas, right? You, okay. you get one in the neighborhood and everybody wants to kick the tires mm-hmm. and, and the same thing. People, so have you held open houses? I mean, I, I held open houses with my, my characters. Come on in. And it actually, it's like anticlimactic. It's like, oh, this is just a house. I've done like, <laughs> there's the panels. There's the panels. <laughs> I've done about 15 phone calls though for okay. people where they've asked it, you know, how it works and that and how much it disrupted. I think even Jason asked me how much it disrupted my home as they're installing one. It was a day and a half and I Oh, so you did Zero. a retrofit too. So an existing home. On an existing home, yeah. There you yeah. go. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so they, about a day and a half, um, I have like a 10 gigawatt system or whatever. Um, kilowatt. Kilowatt, yep. right. And then uh, they get a little app to watch and something like that. And um, yeah, you can... That was what I did for like the first month. Then it got boring. <laughs> I said the same thing. To the day. I said, "Yeah, I watched it every day for a while." I'm just like, oh, I, don't I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. <laughs> um, and then I did the Tesla charger at the same time. I do have the um, the Tesla charger on on the. They install it with the solar system, and so I can charge a Model S or Model Three overnight easily, um, full charge. I think Jason's is still using a. 110, 110 volt or 120 right or 110 110 whatever and then uh, so that that takes you he said if you had full charge you said a week pretty well about five six seven days it's about so, uh it's about 80 kilometers a night i guess is roughly what it would charge so, up so if you're city driving yeah oh yeah. it's no problem if you're just talking it's a second vehicle for us so but one of the things that just to kind of take some of that mystery out of it it's just basically a dryer plug-in right and some people there's tesla has a system where you can piggyback off your dryer right that's exactly what it is a 220 volt and it is dryer and and i wired it i've got it ready for whatever i get and uh it is just you got to make sure your panel has that capacity so older homes that's one of those checks you guys have to do uh we had a panel and it was actually not a there was no upgrade needed it was well within what we had approved for service mine too and then so 
Um, Tesla does have this, I think it's a level down where you can actually plug into your dryer thing and it has a splitter on it. So it won't let your dryer run and the charger at the same time, but it splits off instead of having to put in a new dryer plug. But I think there's some, again, I don't know, misinformation or whatever, but people taking advantage of it. So they're making it seem like it's a lot more mysterious to get a a charging system. Like even we bought in some of the new developments here in town. They're just like, oh, to put an EV charger in it's $10,000. A dryer plug, $10,000? Because if you said, can you put a dryer plug in, they wouldn't charge you $10,000. No, so I, no. I think that's taking advantage of people, mm. right? You know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, well, you want an EV charging system? That seems ridiculous. So if you're in an apartment building mm-hmm. and you're trying to get the garage retrofitted, there may be something to that comment. For sure. But if you're in a single family home, uh, actually, I love the solution I just heard where it's smart mm. enough to know if your dryer's on. Yeah. And and it actually just shares the circuit yeah. when when it's not on, yeah. because you have said it's fifteen minutes to eighty yeah. percent. Uh, so there you go, yeah. you know, or an overnight when the dryer's off. Yeah. So that that's the that's the and you only use the dryer less people like once a week. You're washing clothes, right? And you're washing clothes every day, right? So you already have a dryer vent in your home. We, we have we have lots of kids, so we're washing clothes uh, every day. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay because you you generally don't use it. While you're sleeping, no, true, and that's 100%. when your car is available for charging. Exactly. So hey, smart yeah, system. So there is it's there is some smart. things, and it, and, it, and I think it behooves a lot of people just to do a little bit of research. And hopefully, this show will help people find some information. So if you have questions on what we're talking about or anything, I, I mean, I'm sure Gord will answer questions. I will, Jason Happy will, to. and uh, I think our our main goal here is to help people understand um, the technology better and the and advantages that it offers people, and plus. I want to point something out. Um, you, you talk about grants because often in people's mind, it's like, I can't afford that. Right. Uh, but just to flip it around, uh, they also don't know, really know who to ask. And thank you for putting us out there. Uh, so one of the things, for example, I know the city's working on is a concierge uh, idea of, of a panel of experts or a one-stop shop. Okay. What do I need and how do I pay for it? And what are the grants available? And then who do I get to do it? That would be amazing because that's the biggest, I think, the hurdle right now, the misinformation and how to do it. Because the solar one is really hard to do, right? If you go trying to f- figure out that greener homes program and trying to figure out which website to use and how to fill out the grants, you got to do an energy audit. you got to mm-hmm. do an energy audit pr- mm-hmm. prior and one, a post one. And then just like, you know, like, I mean, but nobody really seems to have 100% of the information. Everybody has a piece, right? Mm-hmm. So you can make mistakes along the way that will cost you the grant and or the, the zero interest loan. So. so UBCO and the city have been working together for, I'm going to say, six to 12 months to get this up and running. Uh, and, and the other thing is, is data analytics. Like learn as we go and get right. smarter and more efficient and quicker at doing it. Less barriers. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one grant may drop, other grants may right. rise. I, yeah. I, you know, there's provincial, there's federal. Even the city is looking at, at support of an incentive. So um, it's out there. It's coming together. And uh, stay tuned. It's going to be there. Yeah, and I think the, 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 the surveys out there are saying people considering uh, a new vehicle, uh, the battery electric is really high up there. Or oh, yeah. hybrid. They, they're yeah. really high up there in, in those decision-making things. I think most people are considering either a, a plug-in hybrid or 
um, battery electric. And I, we can talk about hydrogen at some point too. I, I know sure. almost nothing about hydrogen other than I invested in Ballard once. Closer, Charles. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I invested in Ballard once. Uh, Toyota or Honda. Honda has been talking a lot about. Uh, the Japanese auto manufacturers are big on, on hydrogen. Hyundai sure. Nexo yeah. uh, is the one I'm aware. And that's an SUV. That's not just a little sedan. Uh, Toyota Mirai is yeah. the current model. He's a uh, that's all electric. That's all electric. All oh, right. So yeah, so, they have the Mirai or something. Right. Yeah, Mir- Toyota Mirai. Uh, so that I would have already. But where do I fill it up with? Hydrogen? Well, that's There's what's missing. One in station in Kelowna. Yeah. So we talked right off the bat about EV. You need the infrastructure. Right. That's uh, what it's Tesla coming. did well. Right. It's coming. Yeah. That was yeah. their secret sauce, and that is their secret sauce in the world is their supercharging network, and that's why if we were relying on just whatever the other network i can't wonder what the other standard is um like the standard that i work on yeah yeah i think we'd be further behind because i think the frustrations in that network are just like 25 percent of the chargers don't work and, and just like when i drive up to a tesla supercharger i don't put a credit card or anything i get out i take the thing out, push the little button on it pops my thing open i plug it in and i get back in the car i go in the mall or whatever i wanted it knows your car it knows you everything right so it just come automatically comes off your credit card it comes off your tesla account and then you you can go whatever, and it'll send you notifications when it's fully charged or not charged. Mm. And it'll also penalize you if you go into the mall and just leave your car there. Mm. It'll say, you know, like, you're going to start paying a buck a minute. Wow. For leaving Smart. your car there yeah, with somebody right. else. There's some like, incentive. <laughs> that's free market. Hey, I like it. They're just like, hey, do you want to park here? Great. You got choices. You got choices. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's a buck a minute, right, to park there. But the charging is, is pretty economical. Like, it's really cheap when you get mm-hmm. charged. And it's quite fast, too. Like, um, I know there's the one in Golden that I've used a few times. And uh, big signs there say Tesla charging only. So how fast? Big diesel trucks, right? (laughs) Yeah. How fast? (laughs) How fast? Uh, Again, batteries charge really fast from like the 10 to 80. And then the top top up is harder. And maybe Gord can explain that if he wants. Yeah. No, it's... I'm not the battery guy in my research team, but it is... It's very much a, you know... Effort level of effort for level of, of fill in 80. Right. Uh, state of charge between it's actually probably closer to 20, 30 percent to 80 yeah. percent easy, but uh, that last 20 percent do it overnight. I mean, you're shopping yeah, during the day, so you don't do you really need to even plug in anywhere but your home yeah. if, if you're staying in a city. 95 no. percent of the time, I'm plugging at home. But Tesla also, their software is really smart, and it'll actually plan your trip for you and tell you how long it doesn't want you to fully charge, like there at any go. station. Yeah. So it'll tell you you're charging here, and then you're charging here. So two 15-minute charges will be a lot better than one one-hour charge. You know what I mean? You'll get way more energy, hmm. a lot faster. Um, and the network is huge, right? Like, I mean, Absolutely. I think some of northern Canada may not be as, as good yet, but, like, if you're going to the States or something like that or, you know, like a Europe and that, like, the network is crazy. And right? Tesla, if I'm not mistaken, also tells you time of day best rate to charge. Yeah, in California where they do change the rates, uh, I don't think that applies here so much, but uh, they'll tell you which, and also not to park next to the other, they tell you which ones to pick because if the, usually the Tesla charges are, like, in pairs. Oh. So if the one guy is in this one, don't park next to him because it'll just suck. And it just like cable, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're sucking some of the juice. Wow. <laughs> so you Impressive. do you do see your charge rate and stuff like that too, and, and okay. how fast it charges. Um, some of the ones in the states now, some of the, the new ones are going in are all solar driven too. Mm-hmm. So you know the, the shade, the roof is all solar panels. Mm-hmm. So they're they're using the energy from um, that's the sun does, that just makes the sense. Cars. They have entire parking lots all over the U.S. and I don't mm-hmm. know why they don't have them here. 
you know, Car Central. Yeah. Same thing, the new Parkinson Rec Center where they'll put solar panels on. It just makes sense. Mm-hmm. It covers the cars, give, gives convenience to, the, to the pedestrians as they get out of the vehicles. And plus, you're utilizing energy, right? So, yeah. I mean, again, if you watch Master Plan 3, he'll, he'll talk about the biggest energy source we have is just right there up in the sky. Yep. Right? So, um, And yeah. don't forget about wind because the sun doesn't shine at night last time I checked. And the entire fleet of Dutch rail mm-hmm. trains are... Yeah. Wind turbine. We, we've got something to show you. Can we show, Gord, that thing we showed in the news this morning, that big nuclear-powered ship? Nuclear-powered ship. Is that the this one that morning? goes underwater? Like no, it's a, a flying, flying <laughs> with airplane. Missiles? Oh, it looks a little like oh. the Hindenburg, but uh, don't let that oh, uh, the, scare the, you. The airship. <laughs> Wouldn't mind. It, we get, we'll right. talk look, about look that hydrogen. Hey, this thing, this. come on. Get this, out. This 5, is a rendering with graphic arts. Yeah, I know for sure, but they say they're going to make it. It's nuclear-powered. And what's the speed? I have no idea. Where's the reactor? How heavy is that? It looks concrete? like the Battlestar. Or it's it's Star all Trek, elec- uh, it's all electric engines. But you said nuclear. Yeah, it's running on nuclear power. So it's mi- miniature nuclear. Yeah, small modular reactors probably, and uh, it can stay in the air forever. <laughs> it's 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 the dilithium crystals. <laughs> Give me all you got, Scotty. <laughs> but as Jason, oh, and I, as Jason and I talked earlier, when the Hindenburg came down, it probably caused some damage to the immediate area. And a nuclear ship comes down, it might cause more damage. <laughs> One city. <laughs> um, you know, the funny thing about that is, did you notice the area of surface opportunity for charging solar? Yeah. Mm, like yeah. nuclear in the air? Yeah, right above the clouds. <laughs> wow. You could be. Uh, I just think there's there's so much good stuff out there, and I think uh, that's the point. The the purpose of this show is to mm-hmm. try and share that information. We're trying to do once a week, so we would love to have you back a lot. Um, and anybody else, I, I would be there's that UBC honored. Too, I would be, be honored, and if you have a topic, I'll find you the expert. There you go. Awesome, that'd be great. Yeah. I'm happy to. And I think that's enough for today. So, uh, okay, thank you again, Gord, for coming in. My pleasure. We'll be looking to create another episode in about a week's time. Until then, stay charged up, energized. All right.